Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello everyone and welcome back to Streaming in Place. We are here for our Season 2 finale talk. So that's Season 2, Episode 18, The Good, The Bad, and The Crispy. So, uh, yeah, we... we <laughs> We for once we had Dr. Linda, right, with the with the line of the episode, which was fun. It was a big Dr. Linda episode, I thought. But oh, I'm not sure where we should start here. So I'm gonna throw it to Noel. Noel, what what stands out? Where should we start as we talk about the Lucifer season two finale? How does that help me with my dad? Um <laughs> uh... <laughs> I think that oh, that's man. where I think that's where we start is mm-hmm. a deal. Um, Always start deal. with but improv. I apologize. Always, Always start with improv. <laughs> it's either we start with improv or we start with Trixie. I think that's like the okay. good, good rule of thumb for streaming in place. Well, so. then we know what our mm-hmm. second topic of conversation will be. So this is great. We've got yeah. points one and two covered. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that while there's a lot of stuff in this episode, um, I think my favorite stuff is all everything with a deal. I really like to be Woodside's performance of all the weird things that he gets to play from that sense of peace that he has to that kind of self-sacrifice or feeling of self-sacrifice of like realization of, I still have it. Maybe, maybe if I believe hard enough, I don't clap my hands. I just hold them together real close. Um, but also just like how Woodside conveys Minadiel's joy and realization and feeling of I have a purpose again and all of that those layers get baked into his frustrations at improv (laughs) I think are just really really fun but also like what they sort of did with Dan with that idea of improv made me like get in touch with who I was through all these different ways and Amenadiel just takes that really literally but then that literalization of what improv did for Dan allows Woodside just to do so many fun things. And I just really, really appreciated that they stayed committed to that, that they made room for that in this finale that could have otherwise been really, really busy if it had really focused on like the the Ruiz procedural aspects of it. And so I was just like, yes, good. Thank you. Because that's sort of what I'd been looking for, especially as we headed into like these last, this last moment of, what's going to happen with Charlotte and slash mom. And the fact that they made room for a minute deal made me really, really happy. And that also a minute deal basically saved the day and provided the ways for which everything to be resolved in a way that was mostly satisfactory, I think is also really, a really big deal. So I'm very excited about what is going to happen to a minute deal in season three, but I thought that this was just, one of his best like plots for an entire episode. Allison, how did you feel about improv, but also Amenadiel in general within this episode? Oh, well, I love that Amenadiel made the same mistake that so many young artists make when they get into theater or improv or any other um, collaborative, emotionally based interpretive art form, which is that he confused it for therapy. Right. Um, a fatal mistake, but a common one. Um, so hopefully he can get past that stage right now. He, what he really should be doing if he wants that sort of experience is taking a scene study class where you just do scenes from Sam Shepard's true West. (laughs) And then, um, when he's done with that, maybe he can move on. 
do Lanford Wilson's Burn This. And then after that, if he's feeling really ambitious, he could maybe tackle some Shakespeare badly. And then he'll be ready for improv. Um, but I, I thought it was really, it was so subtly funny. And I, I think um, it's maybe my favorite episode, a Menadale episode from a performance standpoint, because it could have come down so easily on the other side, but there's something about the way that D.B. Woodside approaches those scenes where it's totally sincere, but very funny because he just doesn't understand how it's supposed to work. He just knows what the end result is supposed to be and very obviously is in need of something like this. Um, like it's, it's not, he's not laughing at a men deal, right? It's a, it's a really sincere, honest, but very funny performance. And I love that it put him in a position um, between these revelations about and feelings about what may or may not be going on with his dad and his relationship with Lucifer and um, the opportunity to get in touch with his feelings um, and this budding romance with Dan put him in the position to save the day as he did. Um, and I think the fact that that chunk of the story worked at all is a testament to Woodside because going like this is not particularly dramatic, <laughs> but he really sold it. It really, I was, I was really, really in it. Um, and I feel like maybe he and Linda are closer to even now. Mm. Yeah, that certainly helps. Um, you know, slowing down time so that you can get rushed to the hospital. Yeah, definitely helps. Yeah. Or like the entire city, which is just bonkers yeah. to me. Bonkers is the word for it, for sure. What I enjoyed about the Amenadiel stuff, besides obviously Woodside, you know, have again getting some really good material to work with, is I think it's I think it's fucking hilarious that mom granted mom's had her issues and been very manipulative, you know, but is coming from what is a, I think a, a relatable place of trying to get home to her children after having and just home after having been in hell for millennia. Um has been there and has been like connecting and trying to seek a connection with her kids. And then dad does one tiny, tiny fucking thing. It's like, Oh, dad gave you a necklace. <laughs> okay. We're good. I'm good. I'm, I'm team dad again. It's like, Oh my God, he's still the S and T father. He's still not t- telling you what he thinks. He's still not doing any of this stuff, but like you get a shiny toy and so, and somebody says, "Oh, that he must really like you." Then, and and all of a sudden, no, I'm back with dad. Like, it's just I th- I thought it was so hilarious and very on brand and on point for children of absentee parents, which is a bit of a theme then that connects, and I think in an interesting way with the culmination of everything with mom leaving to create a, a different universe or or had to whatever's next for for her but it was why are you struck by that <laughs> that that thing is like wait you were really mad at your dad two seconds ago and now you're like oh <laughs> don't you understand this shiny toy means that he must really like me <laughs> yeah he's such a um, i think the like the charitable interpretation would be he's such a trusting soul mm-hmm. right whereas the maybe slightly less charitable read would be um what a naive dunce <laughs> <laughs> like changeable, um, impressionable, sweet baby lamb Amenadiel who gets like the teeniest, tiniest sign that he is of value um, to an absentee parent, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, everything's wonderful and perfect. We're the be- don't you don't you know how much he truly loves us, etc. 
yeah, he needs that. He needs and like actively seeks out that stability, um, which is sort of like a good capstone, like it's not capstone, but bookend to everything that Lucifer tells mom out on the beach of like, you need to stop looking backwards and it's time to start looking forward. And Menadiel keeps looking backwards, but he's still finding value in that to a certain degree. What's what I'm hoping and interested in seeing is the ways in which that gets challenged in season three, if it gets challenged in season three for Menadiel. Hmm. Yeah, because I think I don't think that he necessarily comes to the wrong conclusions, right? But just the way he gets there, like, oh man, I can I can imagine the Doctor Kopi and Doctor Linda kayak moments that would be happening <laughs> in therapy if if he had you know found a more suitable venue for his processing than improv. Um, but yeah, it's it's just so funny and the uh, the the quick. Switch of it because what's important for me with Amenadiel in this episode is that he comes back to himself yeah. more than anything. So mm-hmm. yes, it's spurred on by the these uh, connections and um, that he makes to to dad and to his you know he's the favorite. Son. Like, what if you were the second favorite son? Would it then would it be okay or no? Or are you only going to not storm the gates of heaven because you are the very most f- specialist special boy of all the special boys and girls? Um, yeah, it's just, it's like, oh my god, Amenadiel. Just like, buddy, Come on! <laughs> Maybe don't put yourself where it's so entirely in a- affirmation from absentee parents. Um, but like like I said, yeah, he gets where he needs to go <laughs> emotionally, and that's what's important. I think uh, Linda needs to get well so that she can give Amenadiel a referral to another qualified therapist, because um, he needs one. Yeah, yeah. He's one. He does. What did you guys think of the? Uh, Marcus says I would. I would like to see his therapy sessions, and so would I. Oh my god, so would I. Me too. Spin off, please. Just like spin off web series, like <laughs> would watch. Oh my god, yeah, that'd be, it would be really good. Um. Anyways, let's uh let's move on then to the resolution. How did you feel like that resolution played with with uh mom with Charlotte on the beach? I thought the, I mean, for me, it really worked. And I, like, even just like the simplicity of let there be light. I was like, oh, that's okay. Well done. Good job. You were working to that. And I think you earned it. what did you think? I think so too. I, um, it was one of those endings that just feels whole where I don't know that there's any way that it could have been like, oh, well, naturally this is what's going to happen. But somehow when it arrives, it feels inevitable, which is not an easy thing to achieve and, and always a pleasurable thing to experience. So. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I want to know, and by want to know, I mean I want to speculate with Noel and have Kate reveal absolutely nothing. What this means for Trisha Helfer's future with the show is Charlotte just going to be a character now, um, and she's playing somebody else entirely. Is the, is there no more Charlotte? Um, do, does Mom find a way back and then somehow re-inhabit Charlotte's body? I'm very curious about that um, because while I appreciate a good ending to a story, I do feel like it would be a loss for the show. So, um, so I'm curious Noel's on Noel's thoughts on that. Um, I do think it's pretty much right on time though, because anybody who hurts Dr. Linda can no longer exist in my good graces. So once Linda was, you know, wounded, any ambiguous feelings that I had about mom sort of, fell firmly on the other side of the line. Noel, what about you? 
So I think that I'm definitely like worried about Charlotte. I need to follow up with Charlotte because the last thing she remembers is getting murdered in a hotel room. <laughs> Eight months later, she wakes up on the Santa Monica Pier. <laughs> Intense. I'm not. I'm not saying it's eight months, but I mean, like, it's a stretch of time. Um, so I'm just like, oh, everything's going to be different, and her husband's going to be expecting a lot more sex now. Oh, just yeah, boy. Every time he asks a question now. Um, but so I like. So I'm curious about like how Charlotte continue if Charlotte continues to exist, and I think she does to a certain extent. Um, like just kind of general knowledge of the show. But I'm not sure like how often she pops up. Um, so I'm I'm curious about that. But I'm also curious if Mom like ever resurfaces as well. Um, I feel like that she can't. I mean, she's going to be busy making her own universe, which now leads into like larger questions about whether or not that universe got destroyed in Crisis on Infinite Earths. But they weren't thinking about that when they did season two <laughs> finale because they they weren't part of that. Um, so. All that joking aside, um, that's sort of where I am with, um, like, Charlotte slash mom. Um, But I do, I I know she's back for at least some of season three in some capacity, I think. Um, But I don't know how much. Kate's giving me dead eye stares, listeners. And (laughs) yeah. I'm trying to be better about that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean... I sort of suspected she'd be back because I, I've seen LaToya tweet th- variations on Trisha Helfer on Lucifer. That's it. That's the tweet with enough frequency that I assumed she was still involved with the show in some capacity. Uh-huh. So um, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. It could just be. I mean, it's LaToya also regularly tweets about things that have been off the air for a long time. So who knows? It's true. She was tweeting about Twenty One Jump Street like two weeks ago. That's I'm true. just kidding. She wasn't, but she could have been. But and she no, could, neither I mean, of you would have known if no, I was telling the truth. There's or not. a better than even chance that she's <laughs> tweeting about Josie and the Pussycats as we speak. Like, yeah. she, like right now, if you were to to say like, is Latoya tweeting about Josie and the Pussycats or is she not? It's probably about fifty fifty. Speaking of, uh, Latoya says that we should not watch the out of time, like the standalones, because until there we get to them, because there's one that's like it is standalone, but like thematically it's nice where it is, and the other one they there's like an like a mention, there's like a callback to a joke in in early season three, so like it's better where it's at. So it works. So listeners, if you were thinking about doing that. Don't do that. They're better where they are. Because apparently they were commissioned in season two, but filmed mid-season three or something. It's very confusing. Anyways, back to all of this. Um, What I will say is, as of the end of season four, Mom is not back. But I will remain silent on the topic of Charlotte. Um, So don't expect Mom back before the (laughs) fifth season, because that hasn't aired yet. Um, But Charlotte may or may not appear in some capacity to some extent. Um, yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I thought, I thought, you know, especially around with all the issues that the show and the characters have around parental abandonment and absence, the decision or like Lucifer coming to the conclusion that the correct thing for her to do is to leave, um, with no way back was really interesting. And then, and, 
I mean, it, like you said, Elson, it feels like this, oh, this, of course, this is where it had to go. Like, I didn't, we didn't think of it if, if beforehand, we weren't expecting it, but of course, this is where it has to, had to go. It makes complete sense. Uh, but I, th- I think it gives that choice a lot more power and impact. And, uh, yeah, and I, I would imagine, like, I, I like that they were like, okay, we're going to keep the necklace because it's like a Menadiel's thing, but we're going to throw <laughs> the magical belt buckle, the holy belt buckle, um, and the, the, the blade into the rift. So, like, we'll come up with a new MacGuffin next season, guys, basically. I think that was a good way to do it. Um, let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about doc- Dr. Linda and Maze. Um, who's still rocking her same fabulous outfit. Um, I I really appreciated that Lucifer immediately is like Dr. Linda. And like, that's his focus when he finds, when Charlotte or mom tells, uh, you know, that she had to persuade one of his little humans, um, which is an unusual amount of attention to someone who's not Chloe for him. I, th- I thought they, that was really good. Uh, but I was like yelling at my TV because a minute deal was taking far too long to get there. <laughs> May shouldn't have been able to beat him. Um, and, and I, I thought that, uh, I thought that Rachel Harris really nailed her scenes, what she gets to work with in this. And I liked the conversation at the end of the episode. It's still, there hasn't been any resolution so far about her status with the board. Um, but I, I thought that giving her the agency over her decisions and, to, you know, to stay involved with Lucifer and, and his his family uh, was a really uh, appropriate thing and a necessary thing for us to really be connected with her and to not, again, center everything on, oh, it's all Lucifer's fault or amenities. Like, these guys just who can't, you know, like, falling over themselves to take responsibility for everybody's choices. Um, so I, I really liked all that. Plus, again... Rachel Harris is 5'1". Trisha Helfer in those heels is over six foot. So, you know, those... Watching them try to frame and block those is just a delight. It's just kind of ridiculous to, like... They don't want her to be, like... They want her to be... They want Charlotte to be sort of, like, imposing. But at the same time, they don't want her to... They don't want to, like, make Rachel Harris look really, really tiny, especially in, like, the shot reverse shot setups. But it's... You can just see them going like, what's the best way to keep them both in frame at a reasonable <laughs> angle? And it's fun to watch. I really enjoy it, but it's it's still it's still a little <laughs> silly. Um yeah, it's all really good. Like, I mean, in a Menadiel's defense, he doesn't have a car and he has to walk or take a bus everywhere. So I feel like him getting there a little late is acceptable. I mean, LA alone. I just I feel like that's okay. Um but I think, like, my favorite thing with the Linda stuff is, like, Lucifer putting her glasses on in the hospital. It's just, oh, it's <laughs> such a sweet, intimate little thing um, between the two of them that I just really, really liked. Um, like, that that, that there, I was just like, and then she, on top of that, she got to say the episode title, too, which is also really nice, as you said at the top. Um, so I was just like, this is very sweet and I'm very happy about it. And then we got an epiphaphase and then he got knocked out. <laughs> we did get an epiphaphase. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I was just like all the stuff with Linda, the whole, I tried, I tried. I'm very dedicated to all you weird celestials, but then she 
like stabbed me or something. Mm. Um, and just like, yeah, I mean, you don't like mom anymore after that. And just, but you just really love Linda even more. And then you love the Lucifer and Linda relationship even more. And then you love the Maze and Linda relationship even more. And it's just, it's really, really good. And Maze just being like, I'm not going to lose my best friend, my best friend, even though I'm not hers, but I'm probably am. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's just very good. So all of the Linda stuff, I think works really, really well, but just the glasses just slayed me. Mm. Is that the first yeah. time we've heard Lucifer say, but that's a me thing. How are you? I feel like it is. Yeah. Except like, admittedly, we don't get to hear him say that in bed, which I feel like he says a lot. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But that. In that emotional context, we do not hear it. We I don't know that we've heard that ever. Even with if Chloe. we have, it's all, if we have, it would have been in the context of like, well, I've been told that I need yes. to listen to other people. So here is me making a big demonstration of how I'm concerned about other people, as opposed to yes. actually being concerned. Yeah, the right. glasses moment was the moment of the episode for me. Um, just really, oh, just got me in my feelings uh and both of them are so great in that scene and it was lovely hearing linda i mean she said i went into this with my eyes open which there isn't really a way there's no way right like you can't however (laughs) on the scale um, of things yeah she certainly acknowledged that having been given the information she'd made a choice and her choice was to stay involved in his life and in Maze's life. Um, but hearing her acknowledge that their relationship is a friendship as well as a doctor patient relationship, which, you know, is like a little bit complicated, but um, it doesn't really matter because it mm-hmm. was just lovely. It was so nice. And then the, we went all end of alias season two. <laughs> well, then there's uh, the other, the other Dr. Linda moment that, I really enjoyed is her going, this stuff's amazing with the duct tape. <laughs> Just the notion of like, yep. well, have you tried stapling yourself back together? That's That has to be the world's strongest stapler, like office stapler. Like that's not how staplers work no no that, no. that was such a good holes. reveal it was such a good reveal because usually you'd see the pan up from a heel like that yeah and it would go like all the way up the legs and would be like some kind of sexy whatever no she was stapling her wound shut aces and that and i i believe in the universe of lucifer duct tape will hold in cosmic divine energy because it duct binds tape. the universe together yeah, it's very fine. good. It works. Good. It is an, a useful thing to have in your f- first aid kit. It, like, it, it is in, a thing that you can use in an emergency to close wounds. Just probably not divine wounds. <laughs> probably not Lost Ark kind of causing melty face wounds, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about that ending. So what did you guys think of our big pan back and, and all of that? Um, Netflix spoiled it for me. So, like, the, like, the image for, like, the season three premiere features him with his wings, like, getting into a truck or something. And it's just like, oh, well, I mean, I knew it was happening. Um, so I just didn't know in what context or how and that kind of a thing. Uh, so I, I'm still, I think it's kind of neat. And I'm really curious about how, like, whatever, like, narrative magic um, they engage into explain the return um but yeah it's it's a neat little reveal and i really my big thing about it is i really like the makeup 
work that they do on Ellis there to really sell. He's just been in the desert for who knows how long, days at the very least, and looks terrible. And But I like how they don't oversell that. Like There's like scars and dehydration effects and everything, but it doesn't look overly like too much basically and i so i really really like that and it sells it provides a good sense of shock before you get to like the actual shock reveal that the episode that the episode's going for so i'm curious about it but um i think it's fine i think it's neat um but i'm also more so wondering how it feeds into like larger things that they're going to do in season three since i have some knowledge of what season three sort of form is well, I have no knowledge about season three uh, and was not spoiled by Netflix. So I, I'm I mean, really glad. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was cool. And I I think, though, with cliffhangers like this, it's it's hard to sort of judge based yes. on like based on what happens, because it's really all about that next step. Like it, when you go for a big cliffhanger like this, a cliffhanger that's also a reveal, which is the and it's. I already referenced Alias. Um, there have been some other good ones recently. There was a cliffhanger in Timeless that was really excellent, and then it probably got canceled. Um, some other things. So basically, like, there's the end of Lost Season 1 where they open the hatch and look down and nothing happens, right? Not fun. Um, but when you're able to do surprise on surprise, then it's all about whatever the next thing is, which is terrific. Um, but it really is all going to come down to execution because the end of Alias season two is great. And Alias season three um, <laughs> is another story. There are good things. There are good things in Alias season three. I Latoya is getting ready to tweet right now. There are some very good things in Alias season three. Um, however, there's also a lot of mess and I think it sort of colors your perception or your perspective on, um, on that final moment. So I'm cautiously optimistic and very into wherever it's going and enjoying the ambiguity, even if we're only going to live there for another 24 hours or whatever, however long until we talk about season three, episode one. Uh, I feel strongly and, and firmly that uh, alias season three made a just unthinkable mistake because obviously will needed to, to be the new Vaughn and that was clear to myself and my friends. Uh, and so, them to, like, from our current perspective, going like, wait, they had Bradley Cooper and they just wrote him out? I know. <laughs> right? And even at the time, like, that, oh, man, that season three episode where he comes back for the one that's, like, the best episode of the season. Yep. So good. Oh, oh, I remember sitting backstage at orchestra concerts talking, like, this one in particular was not a town gig with one of my friends, Rebecca, and we were just like... Oh, how would you do this? Anyways, that's a different. That's a conversation for a different podcast. Uh, Marcus says I would get. Uh, I always get annoyed with cliffhangers because they're often they often have a poor follow through or just canceled or just go through huge hoops to undo a twist. Which yes, they do. This one that doesn't happen. Or you can just you can just watch Star Trek: The Next Generation and enjoy the cutest and like best cliffhanger and then a fairly decent resolution. Yeah. Good followed resolution. by another fairly decent resolution to that resolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because that's the thing with a with a cliffhanger like that, it should be a series of resolutions because yes. anything that's massive enough to be a really impactful cliffhanger like that should 
you know, it needs to have significant resonance that continues for a while. So there's, there's like immediate fallout, but then that should lead to the next thing and lead to the next thing and lead to the next thing. So whenever they, you know, unless they realize, oh, this was a terrible idea, let's undo it. Um, And they do that quickly. I, I feel like the best cliffhangers are ones that just make things more interesting. Yeah, so. when they when it establishes something new rather than leave something unknown. Like mm-hmm. my most annoying cliffhanger trope is um car zooms in from the distance and hits the car that we're looking into which obviously we've already seen one of those on loose for although it was not season ending um because that is just about like do they survive which is the like the least interesting <laughs> cliffhanger um Whereas something like this is like, we don't know what's going to happen next, but there are there are all kinds of doors open that you could imagine walking through, as mm-hmm. opposed to just, it's not a binary. It's all about possibility, which is way more exciting. Yeah. I am so looking forward to, the, like, Noel, you mentioned the first, like, the opening scene or something, like a picture from an early scene in the season three premiere. And it's a, it's such a fun opening scene. I'm very excited for you guys to watch it in a little bit. But we have some more finale talk to do. So we have not talked about Chloe yet. We should probably do that, or the case of the week. Any uh, thoughts on any of the other corners of the episode? I felt so bad for the lions. Like, I mean, I know that they're, that one of the sisters is a little shady, but they had a perfectly good business. <laughs> and it was it was a good name, too. Um, yeah, the procedural, like, case of the week stuff is okay. Like, it's a decent, like, follow-up of the previous episode and organic enough that I'm just like, right, sure. This makes sense. But then also it was literally the only person it could be. And we got around our crispy critter stuff with a really big blowtorch that we don't get to see. (laughs) And I just went disappointing. I don't think that's how any of this works. (laughs) Um, Because I don't think a blowtorch does the same thing as a celestial beam out of a body. (laughs) Um, it may look the same, but I don't feel like the effects would be the same. <laughs> so, the, speaking of the effects, the the effects of that steaming body, like the visual and, and practical, like the makeup and all the stuff. No, no, no. I think that like all that works. I think that like yeah. the actual like scarring would be very. Oh yeah, no, different. no. I sorry, I was pivoting. I was tangenting, okay. but because uh, I didn't want to forget to mention that because uh, yeah. They they were gross. <laughs> they were very yeah, no, gross. it's it's very good, gross. Good job, makeup team. Sorry, Noel, you were saying. No, 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 no. It's okay. So, and I've lost it, but it's okay. So I think that generally it's fine. Just the, the confrontation on the pier is kind of meh. And I, but I also immediately went meh because it's an obvious sort of Palmetto-esque situation almost that I was just like, no, Dan, no, no. But at least Charlotte's going to miss you most of all. Uh, <laughs> So, of the humans, mm-hmm. you were her favorite. Um, yeah, so I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Um, it's easily the thing I care the least about mm-hmm. in the episode, which is not to the detriment, which is not to the de- episode's detriment, which is good, I think, in this case. There's enough other stuff here to keep it from being overly worked. Um, but I didn't answer any of the Chloe stuff, so I'm going to toss it to Allison instead because I don't know that I have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much of an opinion on the Chloe stuff either. I mean, it was her, the 
Chloe specific stuff was just sort of a reiteration of other stories where Chloe says like, Lucifer, I trust you and I believe in you and you can be honest with me. And this time, I guess it's different because mom leaves and because he could have lost her yet again and so decides to tell the truth. Um, uh, and the as for the case of the week, I barely remember it. But the important thing is that it puts this increased pressure on everything that's going on with mom which obviously is necessary for the story and then positions us for that amazing um amenadiel stopping time all over the city reveal which uh obviously is a, a a highlight of the episode and ellis is so good in that moment in realizing what's happening and the sort of unbelievable luck and timing very cool yeah um marcus says i only i thought of sunshine cleaning when the dandelions showed up and yeah absolutely um for me i was why did why did the brother kill the dandelion person he explained it i don't remember why yeah yeah it really doesn't matter but that... no because he had that blowtorch that magic blowtorch um <laughs> yeah. yeah flamethrower or something yeah, that was a big old gap for me. Um, my last question is, Allison, what did you think of the finalized Flaming Sword? Was it appropriately Flaming Swordy? Yeah, definitely. For sure. Thumbs up. Um, I yeah. rescind my doubts. So, once you add the pin in there, all of a sudden it's like four times longer yeah. and actually yeah. sword-shaped. Okay. Um, Marcus says, because her company disposed of his brother. Yeah, but I mean, like, her company didn't kill the brother. So, you know, there's that. I, I, it's a weak point. Let's just palmetto our way through it and not think about it too much. Uh, <laughs> Marcus is tenuous at best. I like that palmetto is a verb now, too. That's great. It's the, the term that keeps on giving. Indeed. Indeed. Well, tomorrow we're going to have our season to like wrap up where we talk with all y'all who've been hanging out in the Zoom and see what you guys thought of this season and what you're looking forward to in season three and all of that. Um, so I'm looking forward to more season two reflection and wrap up um, and on tomorrow's podcast. But that will wrap up our conversation. Unless anybody has anything else. I'm all set. I'm also good. For season two of Lucifer, the good, the bad, and the crispy. And I will wait to tell you all the title of the season three premiere until tomorrow. So thank you to the people hanging out in the chat. And that today was Marcus and Tanya. Always a pleasure talking to you guys. So thank you for joining us. And we'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Stringy in Place. Bye. Bye.